Louis Rodriguez and his brother-in-law, Juan, own and operate a grocery store in Kenosha, Wisconsin. My mom, as well as Juan's mom, came from a small little pueblo, a little town in Durango called Corrales. We said, you know what? Let's call it Los Corrales. The store caters to one of Kenosha's fastest-growing populations. We're a, what I'll call, a Latino niche grocery store. Not only Mexican goods, but also Puerto Rican goods from Salvador or from Guatemala. They sell all kinds of spices and chilies, make their own guacamole, and have their own specialty cuts of meat that are hard to find elsewhere. The most popular one that people know is arrachera. Uh, Not only do the Latinos know about it, but also the non-Latinos know about it, and it, it makes some great tacos. When it's 4th of July, we sell, if I put it on special, easily 60 cases in one day. There are other grocery stores in Kenosha, and lots of them are bigger than Los Corrales. But Los Corrales offers their customers things the other grocery stores don't. We do wire transfers. We also pay bills for people as a service. Uh, We added selling airline tickets. Every employee that I have is dual language at the very minimum. People could come in and say, hey, look, I got this card from this business or the government or the IRS. They come into our service desk and we'll interpret it for them. We'll write a letter for them and we don't charge them. For Louis, running a successful business is about more than just the bottom line. Not only is Los Corrales going to give you a decent price on your uh, tortillas or arachera, but also, hey, look, they're helping out within the community. I'm Mona Chalabi, and this is Fortune Favors the Bold, a branded podcast from Mastercard and Gimlet Creative. Today, we're talking about small businesses and how they're vital to our communities and economies in ways that have sometimes been overlooked. There used to be this perception that big business is the driving force of the economy. And while, of course, big businesses are important, the numbers don't lie. Small and medium-sized businesses punch well above their weight. They employ more than half of the world's workforce. So this episode, we're looking at the new rules around small business. From a DC storefront making a real profit and real change in veterans' lives, to the countryside of Rwanda, where, for many people, becoming a small business owner is a chance to get out of poverty. When you look at the history of this country... Uh, Small business ownership and business creation has been anchored by immigrants coming to the country and making a pathway of economic opportunity for themselves. You know, the American dream. Exactly. And when you think of the cultural components as well, right, it helps to anchor culture and community. Harold Pettigrew is the executive director for the Washington Area Community Investment Fund. I work for an organization that's mission-focused, community-oriented, and we provide capital people to help them pursue their dreams. And those dreams often include starting their own business. Small and medium businesses can be defined as having anything between one and 500 employees, which is a pretty big range. But Harold says that they all have a few things in common. 
A small business is a, a community asset focused on commerce in some way that creates jobs as well as stimulate the local tax space for a city. They go beyond just being a place to work. I think it becomes a, a meeting place. People of that community know that it's a staple, that it's a place that uh, they can meet and gather, be it personally with friends or professionally with work meetings, in a space that's a known commodity. When you know your customers, you can react quickly to their needs. And this can help small businesses be even more resilient than their larger counterparts. Yeah, that's a wonderful story um, and, and things to actually talk about because, you know, from what we've experienced, at least, small business owners certainly have been resilient. In fact, a recent study found something surprising. During the 2008 recession, between 20 and 30 percent of small businesses in the UK actually grew their sales. And success of just one small business can have a ripple effect in the whole community. So when you think about the long-term impact that small businesses have, the investments that are made long-term uh, in improving the workforce, the people who will be the future business owners and uh, future workers. Dog Tag Bakery is located on a brick-lined corner in the Georgetown neighborhood of Washington, D.C., it has blue and white gingham booths and a pastry case with still warm sticky buns and apple pie. It's a pretty cozy neighborhood spot. Like the first thing you did when you moved to a neighborhood is find your places. You know, you find your bagel shop, right? You find your coffee shop. Um, small business is what drives community. Megan Ogilvie is the CEO of Dog Tag Inc. Just a few years ago, operating a small business wasn't in her wildest dreams. Megan grew up in a Marine Corps family. Her dad was a Marine, and her sister too. Megan always assumed she'd also go into the military. She saw it as a way to make a difference in the world. You know, my, my mom would always tell me before I left the house, you know, remember who you are. And it was really talking about, it's really not about you, it's about who you represent and about service above self. But when Megan was recruited to the Naval Academy out of high school, something just didn't feel quite right. She talked to her dad about it. You know, my dad, this all-American lacrosse goalie, <laughs> my sister played basketball there. And I told him, you know, dad, this is just not my calling. I'll find a way to serve. She graduated from college and tried to find her path. She worked in finance on Wall Street for a bit. But one night, about five years ago, she got a call from her best friend, who said she had an opportunity for Megan in Washington, D.C., my best friend called me at that time and said, you know, there's a one-armed Jesuit priest that's trying to start a nonprofit for veterans through a bakery. <laughs> you know, is there like a rabbi that walks in? And she's like, no, no, I'm being serious. The one-armed Jesuit priest was Father Richard Curry. He'd long been devoted to helping service-disabled veterans and their caregivers readjust to civilian life. And his idea really resonated with Megan. She'd get to work with veterans and use the money skills she learned on Wall Street she'd found her way to serve. So she moved to DC to help start up Dog Tag. It's a for-profit bakery and non-profit training division where disabled veterans, their caregivers and military spouses learn everything they need to know to start a business. When you walk into Dog Tag, you immediately see how the place got its name. The centerpiece is a shiny chandelier 
made entirely of dog tags honouring fallen service members. And of course, you smell the bread baking. We're scratch, so we make everything in-house every single day from scratch. That's what's happening on the ground floor. But upstairs, class is in session. About a dozen dog tag fellows, all veterans, military spouses or caregivers, are sitting in a circle. They might be learning about accounting or digital marketing. Because when they're not baking blueberry muffins or buttery croissants, they're earning a certificate in business administration from Georgetown University. Megan says that the skills to run a business can be an ideal solution to some issues that many veterans face. These are smart, brilliant, overachievers, and also those that understand mission and vision. And yet, they're just going to go back home and sit on the couch because, you know, we're, we're deeming them unemployable. Or because of their service, they're not getting the tools to be able to pivot outside the military into the business world. These are men and women that have worked hard, volunteered to serve their country, and they're not going to volunteer to sit on their couch. So for us, um, you know, we're really based on values of a shared idea of teaching a man or woman how to fish. The fellows even take classes like theatre to help them tell their business's story. But the biggest lesson is finding tools to re-establish their identities and their goals outside the military. So far, there have been 80 graduates of the programme. How do we make sure we create a community, you know, of support and creating that unit again, but also not as Sergeant Major, but as Cedric, you know, not as Colonel, but as Rebecca. When we come back, we'll hear from one of Dog Tag's success stories, and we'll travel to a place where starting a small business could be your best bet for a better life. You're listening to Fortune Favors the Bold. In this episode, we've been hearing about how the big companies of the world aren't the only drivers of strong economies. It's the everyday small businesses that get up in the morning and do a lot of the things themselves. So there's about 30 million small businesses in the United States. Um, They currently employ 58 million people. That's Ginger Siegel. She's the North America small business lead for MasterCard. So she's in charge of creating strategies that will give small business owners what they need to run and grow their business. And that's more than a credit card. They need help with time management. They need help with running their business operationally efficiently. They need help acquiring new customers. So it's MasterCard's job through our partners to be able to provide them with tools and solutions that meet those needs. And that's the best thing that we can do every day for small businesses and be there for them as they grow. One example of how MasterCard is helping small companies grow is through a competition created by MasterCard and Bank of America called Grow Your Biz. Grow Your Biz invited small business owners to submit a one-minute video describing their company and how they plan to take it to the next level. Then we took all of those entries and we picked four finalists. We brought them together and we had a panel of four judges and these businesses had an opportunity to pitch us for the grand prize of $25,000. 
During the pitch process, the judges, including Ginger, gave the finalists advice and guidance. But guidance and money aren't the only things small businesses need to thrive. They need things like a business assistant. They need things like the ability to connect into their accounting software. Um, they need things like mobile receipt capture. And so what we're doing now is building out our card value propositions to include tools and solutions that are going to actually help them every day do their job better. What that's going to do, we believe, it's going to help them not just survive, but thrive. Are you a small business owner? Do you want to learn how MasterCard can help you and your business grow? Send an email to fortunefavorsthebold at fftb at mastercard.com. Again, that's fftb at mastercard.com. Welcome back to Fortune Favors the Bold. Before the break, we learned about Dog Tag Bakery. They provide small business training to people who can sometimes have a hard time fitting into the nine-to-five mould. Military veterans, their spouses and military caregivers. We called up a dog tag alarm. It was not a game. It was not an exercise anymore. It was like, this is it. This is going to be my business. Jimena Rosso grew up in Bogota, Colombia. 25 years ago, she met her husband, Juan Carlos. He was in town visiting from the U.S., They quickly fell in love, and a year later, she moved back to the States with him. Juan Carlos is in the U.S. Army, and his job requires him to move a ton. So, Jimena has spent the past 17 years as a military spouse, travelling wherever they need to go, from New York to Seattle to Columbus, Georgia, where they're living now. And while they're happily married, the travelling has been challenging, especially on Jimena's own career. When their family finally stayed in one place long enough, Jimena was able to get her master's in industrial design. And in the next city, she was hired by an aerospace company, where she worked on the interior design of aircraft. It was pretty great, until they had to move on. A few years ago, it began to really take a toll on her. Companies uh, start seeing gaps in resumes, or I don't know, we just relocate many, many times. And it was really hard for me, even with a very strong resume and very strong education, I was in a point when I was not getting any jobs and it was affecting me on a personal level. I was starting to feel very, um, have a lot of doubts of myself. Finally, she and her husband were stationed in Washington, D.C. and Jimena learned about dog tag. At first, she thought the program was just about baking. But when she realized it could help her get the business skills to start her own design company, she was excited. (laughs) I love it. I love it because um, we were not only baking. So we were in the front end, customer service. We were back end baking. We were also transitioning with the financial part of the bakery. As a designer, it was what gave me the sense of business from the holistic point of view. To graduate from dog tag, each fellow has to come up with a business plan. Jimena's class included a veteran who wanted to open his own cafe and a former Marine interested in starting a public policy firm. Jimena chose to design and manufacture home decor. And running this kind of business suits her perfectly. It's something she can do on her own terms by creating a business model that's conducive to her constantly moving military life. I can design anywhere. 
And when I finished, one month later, I registered my business as Jimena Rosso Design, LLC. Jimena designs lamps, pillows and rugs, and they're gorgeous, handwoven and intricate, made with one very important provision. They bring her back to her roots. Everything is manufactured in Colombia by female artisans. So I'm empowering the small communities in my home country. I'm working with communities where the technique is in the way of extinction, meaning if they don't get orders, nobody's going to continue producing their craft because they cannot live. In this way, small businesses can create an interdependent ecosystem of other small businesses, all invested in each other's success. A typical day for Jimena finds her in her studio, currently in Georgia, sharing her sketches over a smartphone to a group of women in Colombia. In just two years, Jimena's designs have been purchased by a major design store, featured in lifestyle magazines, and used prominently in a Costa Rican hotel. And her business is successful enough that she's been able to help spearhead a program for elderly artisans in Colombia to teach traditional crafts to young people. Jimena became the business that she wanted to see. And that spiralled out of a vision that Dogtag had for what a small business could look like. Community-based, financially successful and reaching for a social good. As Dogtag's CEO Megan puts it, We're creating entrepreneurs and small business owners that are going into their communities, hiring those in their communities and now having an economic impact. By starting her own small business, Jimena created a work life that fits her nomadic lifestyle, showcases her skills and allows her to connect with women in her native country. It's about control. It's about knowing this is my vision. These are the kind of products that I would like to bring to the market. And this is the kind of impact that I would like to have in the community. In many places across the world, small business ownership doesn't only give people control and flexibility, but it can be the key to a better life. It is nowhere more true than in sub-Saharan Africa, where fully 90% of all businesses are small and medium businesses. This idea that somehow it is a cute little sideline or something couldn't be farther from the truth. William Warshower is the president and CEO of TechnoServe, a non-profit dedicated to alleviating poverty. One of TechnoServe's signature programs is the Stride Initiative. Strengthening Rural Youth Development Through Enterprise. The initiative, which is a partnership with the MasterCard Foundation, helps young people who are interested in entrepreneurship to start their own businesses. Their training programs have taken place in Kenya, Tanzania, Uganda and Rwanda. And they're designed to help people access three important things. Skills to run a business, microloan financing to get it started and markets to support it. If you can do those things for people, you've given them skills and connections that no one can ever take away from them. One of Stride's success stories is Glorious Ueizu. She lives in a small agricultural community in northern Rwanda called Kavumu. When William first met Glorious in 2015, she just graduated secondary school. She wanted to stay in her hometown, but that town revolves around potato farming, and she did not see that in her future. So she joined Stride's small business training. 
As part of the training, she learned to identify the business opportunities around her. There are a lot of ongoing construction developments. Therefore, bricks are much needed. That's when this idea came to me. So she started her very own brick-making business. She says her bricks weren't that good at first, but she practiced until she perfected them. Then she got a microloan to back her dream. But she had some obstacles. First off, brickmaking was seen as a man's job. Many people discouraged me. They wondered why I would do a man's job. And she had other doubters too. They asked me why I would touch mud when I have gone to school. But Glorious refused to let any of that stop her. She's now considered a trailblazer in her town. Kids even take field trips to watch her work. I'm now employing 20 young people, 13 female and 7 male. When I started, I was the only woman, but now there are four other women brickmakers. Just one year after its launch, Glorious's business was making around $1,400 in revenue every month, which is huge in an area where per capita monthly income is about $26. Glorious is now able to pay the school fees for one of her siblings and has some money left over for herself too. Next year, she'll start saving up for university. Because of Stride, she realised she could start a business and create an income that could help her pay for an education. William says that he believes small businesses, like Glorious's, will benefit from working hand-in-hand with larger businesses in the area. There is far more investment dollars flowing into emerging economies than there are aid dollars. So there's absolutely a role for large business. And many of them are now trading with or engaged in business activities with these small and medium enterprises. I think it's both and. It's not either or. Aid dollars can only take emerging economies so far. But small businesses, they are nimble and adaptable. They're the heartbeat of local economies, and that makes them powerful. The old rule was big business is the only thing that can drive the world's economy. The new rule? Small businesses drive economies too. They fuel local economies, which fuel national economies, which end up fueling the global economy. And like William just said, they can combine forces with big business in a way that makes both sides stronger. This episode was produced by B.A. Parker with help from Cassandra Sun, Jorge Estrada, Kerry ann Thomas, Bradley Campbell and Matt Schultz. Production assistance from Max Gibson. Sarah Geis is our editor. Special thanks to Mark Cowling and Rebecca Reagan-Sachs. Our Mastercard executive producers are Christine Elliott and Marcy Cohen. Mastercard editorial direction from Brooke Capsuroni. Our Mastercard mid-roll producers are Arsalan Dornish and Reiner Kamart. We got additional help from Mira Belgrave, Kristen Haynes and Rebecca Kaufman. This episode was mixed by Rob Han. Technical direction from Zach Schmidt and our theme song is by Bobby Lord. Thank you so much for listening to this season of Fortune Favours the Bold. I've had a great time exploring the rules of the game and I hope you have too. If you enjoyed it, we'd love for you to rate and review the podcast wherever you found it. And remember you can always send us an email, fftb at mastercard.com. Goodbye. <laughs>